what I want to speak about, like I said, God has been challenging me about it for the last four weeks or just been pointing to those scriptures for the last four weeks. And, and the more I think about it, he's actually been on his heart for the last 40 years with me. Not, not with me, with all of us, I think. In, and, and that is that he wants us to live a godly life, not just believing, knowing, loving, following, so that we... I pray that I won't get emotional about this because it's not going to interfere with what I want to do. Is so that we ultimately can become like Him. That is His plan with our life. It's not just to go through the motions and just, I did that prayer, 1976, and I believe in Jesus, and so does the demons, so by the way. They also believe in Jesus. But now my life now becomes one where I know, I love, I follow Therefore, I become like him. That is his goal with us. Not just today, but as we walk as Christians. So I don't know all of you. I know most of you. Most of you are saved. And I think hopefully today, some of it might be straight. It's okay. Now it comes from a good place. Um, so before I want to go, I think it's important for us to know where God has called us out of it. And we sang about it. That's why, I mean, we sang about Jesus doing it all for us. So first, where did he brought us out of? He um, ultimately uh, we would have it's a life. It would have been a life without God. It's a life of, of death, destruction, separation from light, love, hope, peace, joy, kindness. Because that's what the Holy Spirit brings. It is a selfish life that he called us out of, and and we could never obtain relationship with him. Never. We tried. I think some sides the guys who listen. We need. We need. We need the. Um, Ten Commandments, so that we know how to please you. Even that we couldn't get right. We couldn't get that right. Um, so Jesus had to come and he had to save us. He had to say, listen, Father, I want so much of a relationship with these people. But because of sin, the Bible says we all fall short of the glorious standard. So Ren, I've got a lot of verses, but I probably won't go to all of them. This one's in Rome 23. And the verses I gave you, there's much more that I left out. So it might be a lot of scriptures today. So I'm going to try and not bring all of this up. So, but even when, even when we found God, even it still was difficult for them. Even when they found God, they found the, 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 the Ten Commandments. They still, still couldn't get to that place. So Jesus had to come. And, and we read about it in the famous John 3.16. So John 3.16.17. And I'm not going to read there. Because I believe that my version might be different. Although it's NLT. I'm going to read anyway. It says, For God so loved the world. We know it. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So whoever believe in Him will not perish but have eternal life. 17 is good because that's also that's the heart. I mean, God didn't send Jesus to, to judge the world. No, He sent Jesus to save the world. It's love. And it's, and it's out of that place of love that Jesus came. And again, so then, then what happened later, people then start to they understand. So they got saved and now they want to go back to the, the, to, to, to the, um, them, on, to the law. They want to go back. There. And, then, and then Paul actually reprimands them and he says to them in Galatians 5, he says, if you try your... If you try to make yourself right by keeping the law, we have been cut off from Christ, fallen away from God's grace. So Jesus is the reason. He paid it all on the cross. He doesn't have to pay it again. He did it once so that we can have life, so we can have 
a relationship with him. That's why Jesus came. Um, but often we just stick and we stop at that verse where God so loved the world that he gave. And, and we be, as long as I believe, I'm fine. But today I want to just say it's not just about believing. It is, we call this to much more than just believing. Um, it's not just that we receive our free out of jail card, that we escape, merely escape the flames of hell. And even when we get into heaven, that we still smell like a bit of the fire. It's not, that's never been his plan. He's called us to believe, to trust, to know, to love, to follow. And ultimately, we need to become like Jesus. Now, that's a tall order. But he says that in 1 Peter 1.5, he says, But now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Now, that is a tall order. That's what he said. He says, be holy in everything that you do, because I'm holy. That clearly means that we should live a different life to the world. He's called us to be different to the world. We can't be the same or look the same or act the same. Um, 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father. Wow. Love the world or the things this world offers. You haven't got the love of Father in you. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Look what it says there. I think I need to use this one. Then you will know what God wants you to do. That's when then you will know God's will, and you will know how, how it is good, pleasing, and perfect. So it's only by allowing Him to change us, change the way we think, renewing our minds. And we're coming to know him, that we'll know what his will is for our life. And his will for our lives is good, pleasing, and perfect. But we need to allow him to transform the way we think, change our behavior. So we need to look different to the world. Because why is called us from darkness into light? And how does that become? How is that even possible? We spend more time with him. We get to know him better. That's why we often would say to people, How's your quiet time? Are you spending time with him daily? Are you hearing from him in the word? Even with me now, I'm preparing for this sermon. Um, I had to go and search and, and find just topics on godliness. Just Holy Spirit, highlight for me where do we need to be different. And there is so many. When you really trust for the Holy Spirit to show you in the word everything that we need, is written in in scripture um so i think the one it's so often you find a book that you gravitate to in a season and i think previously it was Col i love colossians i love ephesians um it's not a favorite book but this couple of weeks has been um philippians and and i'm going to talk about uh Paul there, when he started the book, he, he, he commended the guys who partnered with him and, and, he said, and they would spread the good news with him. So he was very grateful that he introduced them to Christ and now they partnered with him. They now also start speaking about Christ and introducing them to the good news that Jesus saves. And then he goes for, and he says in verse 6, he said, 1 John, 1 John, 1 Philippians 6, he says, um, And of this I'm certain that God who began a good work within you will continue this work until he's finally finished when is this is when christ returns so that's a work of sanctification it's not an outward transformation it's inward transformation he says 
the work that God starts within you. And then later he goes in, in verse 9, I, like, I love it how he just, again, he's drawn to the people and he prays that, that they, will, um, they will grow in their love. They will grow in their love, will overflow more and more, and that they will continue to grow in their knowledge and understanding of Christ. So those are important things I think for today as well is we need to, sorry, we need to grow in our love. And this love is a love for Jesus. We sang about it. The reason why we do things is not because it's because we love. It's because we appreciate what he's done. And I think if, if we really get to a point that we, even this morning when, 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 I mean, there's a portion that I couldn't actually sing with, because I just, I just wanted to listen to the words that you sang. That, and it's amazing how we, what he's done for us. And out of that place, I, I can love you because he's done it all for us. We don't have to add anything to it. So he prays for them and he says, love overflow, but grow in your knowledge and understanding of Christ. We need to get to know him. Because only when we know him can we love him. Can we follow him? Can we become like him? And he says, what did, um, sorry. And the reason why I did it, he says, so that you can understand what really matters. He, he, Paul wanted them to realize, guys, you've been searching for all sorts of stuff. What you need to know, you need to know who Christ is and what he's done for you. Then you will live clean or pure and blameless lives until he comes. It's almost like realizing what we're doing now. No, no, the lifestyle you're living now, it's not the right you need to live, you need to understand, you need to love, you need to know so that we can walk this road with him and, <clears throat> and in the process become like him. Okay. Um, it's also so the knowledge and understanding, that's where we, we, we go back to Romans 12 too. It says, be, don't be the same as the world, don't be different to them. How do we do that? We try and change the way we think. We think on the things that's above, not on, not on beneath. We start thinking like Christ. We get the mind of Christ. That we know what he wants, ultimately wants for us. And that should represent him well. So we, we can't just go through the emotions. We have been saved. Yes, fantastic. But we, we're not called to live a, live a marginal life. Our lives have forever been changed. We sang about it today. We've been forever changed. Previously separated from him. Now in relationship with him. And that's why... We need to live different lives. Colossians 3.3 says, We have died to this life, and our real lives are hidden with Christ in God. We've died to this life. Our real lives are hidden with Christ in God. Verse 10 says, Put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn. I'm not even looking at the screen. So, Irena, yes, 100%. Thank you very much. So, verse 10 says, Put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So mine is different. I don't, I'm not sure why the two don't line up, but maybe take notes, go check it out. It is. It is the truth. But the big thing there is he wants us to be renewed. He wants us to be different. We need to change. And how do we change? We get to know him. We get to know our creator. And in the process, we become like him. You can't not become like him when you spend time with him. Um, verse uh, then, then I go to Galatians 2.20 we don't it's not up the screen it says I no longer live but Christ lives in me um, Colossians 1.27 says Christ in me the hope of glory so it's no longer I that live Christ lives in me Christ is the hope of glory so Paul wanted 
He wanted his life to count for something. He wants his life to bring us on. And that is our, actually our goal as Christ follows. He's in, a, in the area there in the, in the scripture, he says, imitate me like I imitate Christ. But he in Philippians 1.20, he says, I will trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For me to live is Christ and to die is to gain. That should be what we live for. Our life should be lived in such a way that we live for Christ. And I really feel, that's an assumption, but I think I might be accurate here, but when Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he had a God moment. Jesus revealed a lot of his truth to Paul, and I think in in that space, he had a glimpse of what was going to happen in the future. And that changed everything about him. He came back and he says, I count all my achievements, everything I, 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 I got as garbage in comparison to knowing Christ. Think about it. If you had somehow, miraculously, you get a view into the future, you can see in the stock market what the stock market would look like in five years from now. So now you just, just download to you. Nobody else knows it. Only you know what's going to happen in five years from now. I'm sure that we will make changes to our investments. We know certain shares, because we, we now can see, because that in five years from now, this specific share will not do that well, but that one will do well. I'm sure we will change the way we do things. We will change our investment portfolio. We will. If you don't do it, you're not the smartest guy out there. You'll do it, because in five years' time, all your investments will you'll yield a great reward. And, and that's why... What happened to Paul? I think I think Paul saw how we should live, the rewards that's in store for us if we live like that. And that's when he came back. He ran this race so fast. He wanted to get everybody saved. He was in prison. That didn't stop him. He said, "For me to live is Christ, because I have now, I've now got a closer knowledge, understanding, a love for Jesus. That's why I now run this race with endurance, because I know." When I die, that's not the end. No, that is only the beginning. So our investment in this life shouldn't be, shouldn't kick in when we're still alive. It should actually kick in when we die. Now, what do I mean by that? We are now preparing, we're the living way we're living now is accumulating rewards for us in heaven. And it's not just for that. It's just the way we live. And there's plenty of places. Again, you can go and make us do a study on this. Is all the rewards that's out there for the believers that live a life differently. Um, and, and like I said, the scripture is amazing. And, uh, and, and in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us to realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do good works. So why I put that up there is, how do we live a godly life? How do we live in holiness? How do we live a blameless life? It's all, it's all here. It's amazing. It's, it's all here. A um, lot of places. How to be a godly husband. How to be a godly wife. How to treat your parents. How to treat um, your bosses. It's all, it's all there. And I think Paul had the download. You'll read it in a lot of his books from Galatians. Oh, it's actually in Corinthians. It's in Galatians, it's in, it's in Ephesians, it's in Philippians, then it goes to, well, what else is now? Then it's probably Ephesians, then it's, but anyway, it goes 
Timothy, Titus, all of it. It's instructions. Guys, we are not to live for ourselves anymore. We've died. Remember, we have died. It's now Christ lives in us. Even, even Jesus, when he prayed in John 17, 17, when he prayed for his uh, disciples, prayed to the Father and he said, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is the truth. The Bible shows us how to live this godly life. So coming back to, I don't think I put it up, because then I realized at that stage, sure, but I've got too many scriptures for you, and I need to take some of them out. So these are the ones I'm just going to say, you need to trust me, take the thing down. In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, this is now to godly husbands. Give honor to wives. Treat them with understanding as your equal partner. Treat her as you should, so that your prayers will not be hindered. How sobering is that? If we don't treat our wives well, our prayers will be hindered. That's something that God says. It's almost a promise there. So we need to look at these things. Even for, for, for godly wives, he says, maybe I put that up. I don't know that, but he says, even when your husbands refuse to obey the good news. So your husband is being dwarfs. He says, even when they're being dwarfs and they don't want to obey the good news. That your godly lives will speak to them without words. You don't have to say anything. Your godly lives speak without words. So that they will be won over by observing your pure and reverent life. By living a godly life. We know for, for, for children, honor your parents so that you will, so it will go well with you. It's, it's a promise. Honor your parents and it will go well with you. And then it's how, how your bosses work with enthusiasm. As though you were working for the Lord rather for people. It says, even when they're not looking, still honor them. And that's where Paul says, different to the world. Different. When you speak to your friends that's not saved, the way they sometimes speak about their wives, we are not like that. God says, treat them differently. Treat them with respect. Honor them. Otherwise, you're going to pray. You're going to pray against the ceiling because God says, you're not honoring your wife. So therefore, anyway, there's a lot of those scriptures. And I want you to go and look for them. It's, it's, it's filled up in... In, in, in the word. So one is we've got scripture. The second thing we've got is we've got the Holy Spirit. How amazing is that, that we've got the Holy Spirit. That without the Holy Spirit in our lives, there's no way we could live like Jesus. There's no way we can achieve holiness, um, godliness, and blameless life without the Holy Spirit. He's the one that transforms us. He's the one that empowers us. He's the one that gives us. I'm going to read, maybe go to... 2 Peter 1 3. This is an amazing scripture. I think they're all are, but you work with me on this one. 2 Peter 1 3 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need, living a godly life. God has given us everything we need, living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous um, glory and excellence. So, by his divine power, and that is the Holy Spirit, he's given us everything we need. So, there's no, we can't say, but, but, no, he's given us everything we need, living a godly life. And how do we come, how do we get this? By coming to know him. We need to know him. We need to spend time with him. But the Holy Spirit comes and he shows us. John 14, 26. I don't know whether I got that. John 4, 26. The Father will send you the Holy Spirit who will teach us everything. 
and remind us everything that Jesus said. So the Holy Spirit will tell us everything. But when the Father sends the counselor, our advocate, as my representative, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you everything that I myself have told you. So the Holy Spirit reminds us what Jesus said. The, the, the Holy Spirit teaches us. So, so without Him, it's, it's not a way. So that's why we need to ask for more of Him in our lives all the time. We need Him daily in our lives to transform us. And it's only by Him that giving us the power we can do it. 1 John 2, 5 says, But those who obey God's word truly shows how they completely love Him. This is how we know that uh, we're living in Him. Those who say the, the life of God should... Those who say the, the life of God... We got it there. No, no that doesn't, doesn't make sense. Let's go back. Let's start again. So he says... Um, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. For those who say that God lives in them should live their lives as Jesus did. It's, it's straightforward. Because He lives in me now, only now I can live like Him. Without Him, there's no way that I could, I could achieve that. He says, imitate me like I imitate Christ. Um, uh, in Ephesians 5, 2, he says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you are his children, we live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, as a pleasing aroma. I think this is so key for me, and this, it changes our attitude. And again, when we, now we're trying to imitate, we're trying to mimic Christ, we want to try and be like him, but if we haven't got the love of God inside of us, it will only be works. What, what, what is that offer? We can't imitate Christ or be like Christ if we haven't got all of his attributes. And one of the big ones, as we started, said that God is love. That is why he sent his son. He didn't send his son to judge. He sent his son to save. That is out of place of love. And this he says, when we imitate God, therefore in everything we do, because we are his children, Live a life filled with love, following the example, example of Christ. He loved us, offered himself a sacrifice for us. So that's what we, so our life becomes a sacrifice, a love sacrifice, because we love Jesus. We want to become like him. Um, so just before I go there, I think like the, the main thing there for me is we, you, you can't do it without the love and it's only in love that can really, really see the full, the full picture of Jesus. That is the full picture of Jesus. Otherwise, it just works. It will, will lead to nothing. In Corinthians 13, 12, and that's again where he says about now we've heard all this down dump of what we need to do and we've got all the knowledge and now what's the next step. And, and then he says, and even I think prior to, to Corinthians 13, it's, about, it's Corinthians 12, he talks about all the gifts and how we should do and everybody should bring their, their part and their play their part and, and bring of their, of their gifts but then he says in Corinthians 12, 13, verse 2, he says, If I understand all God's secret plans and possess all the knowledge and have faith to move mountains, but I don't have love, I would be nothing. Because the characteristic of godliness are all displayed in love. Outside of love, we actually can't get there. We're going to try. We're going to try our best. We're going to burn out. Because our motive is wrong. We're doing it for the wrong reasons. If we don't do it because we really love Jesus, 
and love what he's done for us on the cross, and we have seen the, the, the importance of running this race, it will be just works. It will be, be just works, and it will be burned up. Because love is a fruit of Christ's spirit within believers. I, I love the way in Galatians 5.22 it says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. So in all of us, and, and we spoke about one of it today, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Um, what's the other one? God, uh, how's it God in this? Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's what the Holy Spirit again does. He produces this kind of fruit in of us. So it is love that He produces in us. Joy. How can we be joyful when things don't seem that to be joyful about? It's because the Holy Spirit comes and He produces the kind of fruit. So we need that fruit. So we need the love to work in and in and our life so we can really represent Jesus because of a place of love. And I think often it's, it's a big calling. Live, uh, live a, a, go, a godly life. Um, whatever we do, do the representatives of Jesus. I mean, that's what he says. It might just be too much. But if we don't get to the place where we are really um, saturated by his love, that we understand his love. Um, in Ephesians 3.18, he says, May we have the power to understand how long, high, wide, deep his love is. But not just understand, but experience. So we will be made complete. So it's not just understand, but we need to experience his love. That's the thing. We want to understand it, but pray that we will experience His love. And that's something that He wants to display. He wants to show that to all of us on a daily basis. So, um, so in close, I, wanna, I just want to wrap up by saying that uh, it's important for us to know what He has saved us from. A life of separation. A life that would have led to destruction. No relationship with a living Father. But now he's called us to holiness. He's called us to godliness. Living a blameless life um, in and through him, by his spirit. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's to be the salt. It's to be the light. It's to be that city on the hill that cannot be hidden. Remembering that by his divine power, he's given us all we need. Given all we need to live a godly life. That, uh, and how do we get that? By immersing ourselves in His Word, allowing His Spirit to move and transform and shape us, that ultimately points to Jesus, who is our life, who is the one we live. So we can say, for me to live is Christ, to die is to gain. So matter whether I, I don't live, death and life is not the big thing for me. The thing is to honor Him with my life, that whatever I do, however I do it, that I represent Him well. It's almost to get to a place where we don't just, um, we don't go through the motions. We shouldn't go through the motions. We shouldn't have off seasons. Every day, our life should represent Him well. And that's, that's just what I just wanted to speak to you about, because that's something that God has been challenging me with. So maybe we can just pray. Um, I just want to pray for us. That, and again, it's something that I, can't, I don't pray this now, and I pray for godliness, and then tomorrow you guys are all godly and holy and blameless. It is a continuous thing. So maybe it's just a reminder of what God has called us to be. That's what He wants us to be. He wants us to be holy just as He is holy. He wants us to get stuck in His Word. See what, because remember the Word shows us what is truth and reminds us what we're doing is wrong. Get in the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to transform our minds, 
transform the way we think so we could live lives that honor him. That one day when we get there, he will say, well done, good and faithful servants.